0: Hello world history people, it's Miss Williams again. This will be my last episode for this season. I am stopping here because of COVID-19. The AP exam will not include events after 1900, um, which is a great boon for many students. And it also means that imperialism is where we'll stop. So I'm going to talk about two different things. I'm going to talk about an overview of the age of imperialism, and then I'm going to talk specifically about things that were happening with imperialism. So the first thing you need to come to an understanding about is all of the buildup of money, power, and influence that countries like Britain, France, Spain, Italy... Germany Belgium these countries by the year 1860 have so much money and so much power that no other countries in the world can rise up to that level and they are going to be the countries that heavily influence the times that come later so I last talked about the Industrial Revolution which was happening during this time. Um, There's lots of overlap between 1750 and 1900. The topic before that discussed the French Revolution. Uh, The final end to that was 1815. So the world has not changed too much since then. Before that, I was talking about the continent of Africa and the effects of the slave trade which is really where we'll need to start at. So even though the slave trade ends in 1807, by then the continent of Africa, specifically the west coast has been so destabilized that many countries have ceased to exist because there are no people to run them and no people left to live in them. And so you see North Africa stay partly intact Um, And they're not taken too much advantage of, but they are still considered lesser people because of the color of their skin. When I talk about the age of imperialism, most of the focus is on a Eurocentric view of the world, meaning European countries, Western European countries, they've figured out how to do life. And everyone should do life just like them. That's really what imperialism is about. It's also about competition between these countries as a source of national pride. You know, Germans are like, we are the best, we are the most powerful, we are the most amazing people on the planet. And the British are like, we are the best, we are the most powerful, we are the most amazing on the planet. You see where that goes. And so the competition between countries is pretty strong. Imperialism, a, a very specific definition if you want it, is when one country dominates another country's government, economy, and culture. So what does that look like? It means that, you know, if you're, for example, the country of the United States and you need a place to park your ships when they're making the very long crossing over the Pacific Ocean from, say, San Francisco to Tokyo. And the best place to do that is in this cute little country called Hawaii. It's beautiful there. And they have a queen, but she's not super powerful. And you know what we have? We have a lot of ships and a lot of weaponry. And I, I think we can take her. And suddenly, be- Hawaii becomes a way station. Uh, the queen is no longer queen. Hawaii is considered a property of the United States. It is a place where a huge navy base is built. And it is no longer its own independent country. And that is what it looks like to take over another country and completely dominate everything about them in this case that example comes much later that example is from the 1890s so we're going to be talking more about examples from just about 20 years before that um, which is where the u.s got the idea europeans are fueled by money power and that ethnocentric view, view that everything they do is amazing and nobody else can do it as well and the biggest and best example of imperialism because there's lots of them uh let's be honest there was a time when the phrase the sun never sets on the british empire was a thing it meant that britain controlled so much land globally that at any point in time the sun was over a part of what was british territory literally the sun never sets on the british empire And so that concept made England sound very powerful. And they were. They had the money and influence and they had the Navy to back it up too. But Britain had a problem, as did some other countries. They have to run their factories. And their factories need things. They need supplies. They need certain kinds of resources that they can't get in their own country. And the best place to look for it is Africa. Africa has got rubber trees. It's got all sorts of other resources that are necessary to help the factory system work. And so here's how imperialism in Africa looks. So in 1884, there's something that convenes known as the Berlin Conference. And at that conference, you got you've got the major powers, you've got the British, you've got the French, you've got the Portuguese, you've got, excuse me, trying to find my, there we go, the British, the French, the Portuguese, the Germans, the Italians, the Belgians, the Spanish, those seven countries meet in 1884 to discuss how they're going to divide up Africa. Notice who I don't mention. Any African nations, none of them are invited. So the Berlin Conference, which is meant to help Europeans find the resources they need on the continent of Africa, doesn't include any actual people from the continent. And we're not talking about like seven countries dividing up a very small piece of land. We're talking about seven countries dividing up a continent that is three times the size of the continental United States. You can fit the United States three times into the continent of Africa. And they're just like divvying it up like a really big pie. Here, you take a piece and you take it. But no, I don't want that piece. Well, let me just cut out the middle. I mean, they basically do that to an entire continent and they can do it. And they can do it because of the slave trade and the fact that the population in many countries in Africa is so small that when the Europeans go in after these decisions that they've made they don't get any resistance because there's nobody there to really resist them or there aren't enough of them there to resist them not, that's not to say some don't, but they're not terribly successful in resisting this European power invasion. Now, European imperialism in Africa is all about resources. What can we get out of these countries that will benefit us? And maybe while we're there, we'll help them out. Maybe, you know, we'll give them medicine and food, and it'll be fine. That'll be our price for, you know, coming in and taking everything that they have and not giving them any part of our profits. And places, especially like England and Germany, are just completely obsessed with these ideas. And there's plenty of technology that helps them accomplish their goals. You know, the invention of the steam engine, um, they figure out how to get quinine out of the Chinocha tree, which means that malaria is no longer the biggest worry that people have when going to Africa. You've got the telegraph, which allows people to send messages over long distances and coordinate efforts. You've got a fast way of making steels so that they can build railroads quickly. You've got, of course, weapons. The Maxim machine gun, which was invented in 1884. And the repeating rifle, which is invented in the 1800s. And the things they get out of Africa are absolutely worth it in their opinion. Uh, They don't really think of the takeover of Africa as somebody taking advantage. Because they're getting cotton and coffee and sugar. Sugar, remember, has been a huge boon for everyone in Europe over the past 200 years. They're getting palm oil, peanuts, copper, lead coal things that you need to run factories they're getting gold and diamonds you can't find gold and diamonds pretty much any place in the world except South Africa and maybe a few other places it's so hard to find so all of this all of these resources make Britain even richer than they were before it makes Germany even richer than they were before and so on and so forth now eventually in 1914 that's going to lead to world war 1 but for the purposes of this podcast and this AP exam review you need to just remember africa was taken over in 1884 and 1885 and by 1900 those countries are basically getting everything they can out of the the colonies they own in africa they've renamed them um they give them new names that are more european and they basically change africa again so after destabilizing africa with slavery imperialism is is possible and extremely successful All right. Well, this is the end of my podcast review. And I just want to say thanks for listening and good luck. I'm sure you'll do amazing. Be patient and be safe.